0: They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it." Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure Scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week, we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today, we finish up the Torah portion, Nitzavim, and it means, You are standing. Isaiah 56, 1-8 This is what the Lord says, Be just and fair to all. Do what is right and good. For I am coming soon to rescue you, and to display my righteousness among you. Blessed are all those who are careful to do this. Blessed are those who honor my Sabbath, days of rest, and keep themselves from doing wrong. Don't let foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord say, The Lord will never let me be part of his people. And don't let the eunuchs say, I'm a dried-up tree with no children and no future. For this is what the Lord says, I will bless those eunuchs who keep my Sabbath days holy and who choose to do what pleases me and commit their lives to me. I will give them within the walls of my house a memorial and a name far greater than sons and daughters could give. For the name I give them is an everlasting one. It will never disappear. I will also bless the foreigners who come commit themselves to the Lord, who serve him and love his name, who worship him and do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest, and who hold fast to my covenant. I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem, and will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices, because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations." For the sovereign Lord who brings back the outcast of Israel says, I will bring others too, besides my people Israel. Isaiah forty-three fourteen to forty five ten. For your sakes I will send an army against Babylon, forcing the Babylonians to flee in those ships they are so proud of. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator and King. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candlewick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun! Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. But, dear family of Jacob, you refuse to ask for my help. You have grown tired of me, O Israel. You have not brought me sheep or goats for burnt offerings. You have not honored me with sacrifices, though I have not burdened and wearied you with requests for grain offerings and frankincense. You have not brought me fragrant calamus or pleased me, with the fat from sacrifices. Instead, you have burdened me with your sins, and wearied me with your faults. I, yes I alone, will blot out your sins for my own sake, and will never think of them again. Let us review the situation together, and you can present your case to prove your innocence. From the very beginning your first ancestors sinned against me. All your leaders broke my laws. That is why I have disgraced your priests. I have decreed complete destruction for Jacob and shame for Israel. But now, listen to me, Jacob my servant, Israel my chosen one, the Lord who made you and helps you says, Do not be afraid, O Jacob my servant, O dear Israel my chosen one, for I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields and I will pour out my spirit on your descendants, and my blessing on your children. They will thrive like watered grass, like willows on a riverbank. Some will proudly claim, I belong to the Lord. Others will say, I am a descendant of Jacob. Some will write the Lord's name on their hands, and will take the name of Israel as their own. This is what the Lord says, Israel's king and redeemer, THE LORD OF HEAVEN'S Armies, YAHWEH SAVEYOT I am the first and the last, the Aleph and Tav. There is no other god who is like me. Let him step forward and prove to you his power. Let him do as I have done since ancient times, when I established a people and explained its future. Do not tremble, do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim my purposes for you long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any other god? No, there is no other rock, not one. How foolish are those who manufacture idols! These prized objects are really worthless. The people who worship idols don't know this, so they are all put to shame. Who but a fool would make his own god, an idol that cannot help him one bit? All who worship idols will be disgraced, along with all these craftsmen, mere humans, who claim they can make a god. They may all stand together, but they will stand in terror and shame. The blacksmith stands at his forge to make a sharp tool, pounding and shaping it with all his might. His work makes him hungry and weak. It makes him thirsty and faint. Then the woodcarver measures a block of wood and draws a pattern on it. He works with chisel and plane and carves it into a human figure. He gives it human beauty and puts it in a little shrine. He cuts down cedars. He selects the cypress and the oak. He plants the pine in the forest to be nourished by the rain. Then he uses part of the wood to make a fire. With it he warms himself and bakes his bread. Then, yes, it's true, he takes the rest of it and makes himself a god to worship. He makes an idol and bows down in front of it. He burns part of the tree to roast his meat and to keep himself warm. He says, ah, that fire feels good. Then he takes what's left and makes his god, a carved idol. He falls down in front of it, worshiping and praying to it. Rescue me, he says, you are my god. Such stupidity and ignorance! Their eyes are closed and they cannot see. Their minds are shut and they cannot think. The person who made the idol never stops to reflect. Why, it's just a block of wood. I burned half of it for heat and used it to bake my bread and roast my meat. How can the rest of it be a god? Should I bow down to worship a piece of wood? The poor deluded fool feeds on ashes. He trusts something he can't that cannot help him at all. Yet he cannot bring himself to ask, Is this idol that I am holding in my hand a lie? Pay attention, O Jacob, for you are my servant, O Israel. I, the Lord, made you, and I will not forget you. I have swept away your sins like a cloud, I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist. Oh, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free. Sing O oh heavens, for the Lord has done this wondrous thing. Shout for joy, O oh depths of the earth. Break into song, O oh mountains and forests and every tree. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and is glorified in Israel. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer and Creator. I am the Lord who made all things. I alone stretched out the heavens. Who was with me when I made the earth? I expose the false prophets as liars and make fools of fortune tellers. I cause the wise to give bad advice, thus proving them to be fools. But I carry out the predictions of my prophets. By them I say to Jerusalem, People will live here again, and to the towns of Judah. You will be rebuilt. I will restore all your ruins. When I speak to the rivers and say, Dry up, they will be dry. When I say of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, he will certainly do as I say. He will command, Rebuild Jerusalem. He will say, Restore the temple. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his Anointed One, whose right hand he will empower. Before him, mighty kings will be paralyzed with fear. Their fortress gates will be opened never to shut again. This is what the Lord says, I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches, I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. And why have I called you for this work? Why did I call you by name when you did not know me? It is for the sake of Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen one. I am the Lord, there is no other God. I have equipped you for battle, though you don't even know me. So all the world, from east to west, will know there is no other God. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I create the light and make the darkness. I send good times and bad times. I, the Lord, am the one who does these things. Open up, O heavens, and pour out your righteousness. Let the earth open wide, so salvation and righteousness can sprout up together. I, the Lord, created them. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their Creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, Stop! You're doing it wrong! Does the pot exclaim, How clumsy can you be? How terrible it would be if a newborn baby said to its father, Why was I born? Or if it said to its mother, Why did you make me this way? Ephesians 3, 1-21 When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Yeshua for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming, by the way, that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending His grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God Himself revealed His mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Yeshua. God did not reveal it to the previous generations, but now, by His Spirit, He has revealed it to His holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the Good News share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body, and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving Him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Yeshua. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the Creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display His wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was His eternal plan, which He carried out through Yeshua our Lord. Because of Yeshua and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please, don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the Creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from His glorious unlimited resources, He will empower you with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Yeshua will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep, than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the Church, and in Christ Yeshua, through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Psalm 68one 18 Rise up, O God, and scatter your enemies. Let those who hate God run for their lives. Blow them away like smoke. Melt them like wax in a fire. Let the wicked perish in the presence of God but let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy, but he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. O God, when you led your people out from Egypt, when you marched through the dry wasteland, the earth trembled and the heavens poured down rain, before you, the God of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel, you sent abundant rain, O God, to refresh the weary land. There your people finally settled and with a bountiful harvest, O God, you provided for your needy people. The Lord gives the word, and a great army brings the good news. Enemy kings and their armies flee, while the women of Israel divide the plunder. Even those who lived among the sheepfolds found treasures, doves with wings of silver and feathers of gold. The Almighty scattered the enemy kings like a blowing snowstorm on Mount Zaman. The mountains of Bashan are majestic, with many peaks stretching high into the sky. Why do you look with envy, O rugged mountains, at Mount Zion, where God has chosen to live, where the Lord Himself will live forever? Surrounded by unnumbered thousands of chariots, the Lord came from Mount Sinai into His sanctuary. When you ascended to the heights, you led a crowd of captives. You received gifts from the people even from those who rebelled against you. Now the Lord God will live among us there. Proverbs 24, 1 and 2 Don't envy evil people or desire their company, for their hearts plot violence and their words always stir up trouble. I want to speak to you today from Isaiah, chapters 43 to 45, and then we're going to jump into Ephesians. And in these chapters from Isaiah, we see several, I call them Yeshua sightings. We see Yeshua in the Old Testament. And the first place where we see him is Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 25. I, yes, I alone, will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. And Yeshua is the one who accomplishes that. He blots out our sins with his blood when he shed his blood on the cross. Another place where we see Yeshua is in the next chapter, chapter 44. And I'll start in verse 6. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, Yahweh Saveot. He says, I am the first and the last. There is no other God. Okay, another way of looking at that is, I am the Aleph and the Tav. That is a direct reference to Yeshua. And another place in the scriptures where he refers to himself as oliphantov is in revelation chapter 1 we'll start in verse 7 so it's very clear who we're talking about and then we'll read verse 8 revelation chapter 1 verse 7 behold he comes with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him even so amen So this is definitely talking about Yeshua. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was nailed to the cross. Verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega, which is the Greek version for Aleph and Tav, which is the Hebrew version. Aleph and Tav is the first and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. So this is basically giving us a definition of who is Yeshua. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Aleph and Tav. So there we see him in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 6. Now I want to jump into... A little further on in the same chapter, it talks about idol, idols and how foolish people are who manufacture idols and how these objects are really workless. And in the scripture, in this chapter, it talks about a block of wood and how they use some of the wood to heat themselves and then the rest of the wood to carve out and fashion an idol and how deceived they are. But I want to bring this into modern terms do we have idols today we certainly do um so let's take a look in verse 18 no i'll I'll back it up to verse 16 he burns part of the tree to roast his meat and to keep himself warm he says ah that fire feels good then he takes what's left and makes his god a carved idol He falls down in front of it, worshiping and praying to it. Rescue me, he says, you are my God. Let's just take this into modern day terms. Instead of fashioning an idol out of a block of wood, we could say that we have an idol in a vial, a glass test tube. And then you take a syringe and you pull out the liquid, the serum. That's in that test tube, and you go to the pharmacy and you have that serum, that liquid injected into your body. And you believe that this serum that was injected in your body is going to save your life. And you put your trust in that serum, in that liquid that was in that glass test tube. Why? It's just a A little bit of liquid that's been concocted in a lab, constructed and manufactured in a lab. Such stupidity and ignorance. Verse 18, their eyes are closed and they cannot see. Their minds are shut and they cannot think. Verse 20, the poor deluded fool feeds on ashes and he trusts something that can't help him at all yet he cannot bring himself to ask is this idol that i'm holding in my hand a lie have you ever tried to have a dialogue or conversation with someone who's absolutely sold out on taking the COVID 19 jab they've taken the initial jab and then a booster and then another booster and then perhaps even another booster and you try to reason with them and show them the statistics and the data of the number of people who've died from taking the jab. Not necessarily the next day, maybe weeks or months later, they get a heart attack or stroke. Um, they get myocarditis. They get all these blood clots, and now they're finding they're not even made of blood. Um Children now are getting myocarditis. The number of life insurance claims globally has something tripled in the last two years, ever since the COVID jab. And there are life insurance companies that are now suing Moderna and Pfizer because they said, You lied. This is not a safe and an effective jab injection. But you try to show the data and the facts to someone who's taken the jab and uh, they won't hear. Their eyes are closed. Their minds are shut. They cannot think. They don't want to connect the dots. And there's a spirit of deception behind it all. And the scriptures are telling us here in this passage that when you're involved with uh, idolatry, that's exactly what happens. You are deceived. Your eyes are closed. Your mind is shut and you cannot think. You're under a delusion. You believe that this idol, not a block of wood, but an injection, is going to save your life. And in fact, the data shows that More people end up in the hospital with COVID who have been injected with the jab than those who have not taken the jab. And people who have taken the jab still get COVID. It doesn't prevent them from getting COVID at all. And yet, it doesn't seem to compute with those who've taken the jab. Their eyes are closed and they cannot see. Minds are shut and they cannot think. They never stop to reflect why it's just a test tube filled with liquid. How can this thing save my life? Those, the people of God, the faith community, who believe and trust in Yeshua. We trust in Him to protect us and to save our life. We can take prudent measures, take our vitamins, wash our hands, be smart about it, but ultimately our life is in Yeshua's hands and we put our trust in Him. Something to think about. So now I want to jump into Ephesians chapter 3. And I love what Paul says here in verse 6. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both. Who are the both? Jews and Gentiles. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Yeshua. So he is saying that this gospel message, the salvation message is for all people. It's for Jews and for non-Jews. That it's not, I mean, even though it was the Jews who meticulously copied the and wrote down the scroll on scrolls the torah the old testament now this message of salvation is for all people he goes on to say both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to messiah yeshua And then he wraps up with a beautiful, beautiful prayer that is an awesome way to pray for yourself or for others, for your loved ones. And Paul says this, and I'm going to read it as a prayer over you today. When I think of all this, starting in verse 14, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you, dear listener, with inner strength through his spirit. Then Yeshua will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and will keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is for you. May you, dear listener, experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. May you be wrapped up and filled to overflowing with the love of Yeshua, our Messiah, this day. Amen. (laughs) ye he adon na nafil khan vekhun ne khan na na Vaya se The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers Chapter 6, 24-26. Adonai bless you and keep you.